0: Section 10 of Essays, Book 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Thomas Coos John Thomas Coos Kuzmarski. Essays, Book 1, by Michel de Montaigne. Translated by Charles Cotton. Of quick or slow speech. Once Ne ferent atu tu graces donis all graces were never yet given to any one man, a verse in one of La Brebis's sonnets. So we see in the gift of eloquence, wherein some have such a facility and promptness, and that which we call a present wit so easy that they are ever ready upon all occasions and never to be surprised and others more heavy and slow never venture to utter anything but what they have long premeditated and taken great care and pains to fit and prepare now as we teach young ladies those sports and exercises which are most proper to set out the grace and beauty of those parts wherein their chiefest ornament and perfection lie so it should be in these two advantages of eloquence to which the lawyers and preachers of our age seem principally to pretend. If I were worthy to advise, the slow speaker, methinks, should be more proper for the pulpit, and the other for the bar, and that because the employment of the first does naturally allow him all the leisure he can desire to prepare himself and besides his career is performed in an even and unintermitted line without stop or interruption whereas the pleader's business and interest compels him to enter the lists upon all occasions and the unexpected objections and replies of his adverse party jostle him out of his course and put him upon the instant to pump for new and extemporate answers and defences yet at the interview betwixt pope clement and king francis at Marseilles, it happened quite contrary that monsieur a man bred up all his life at the bar and in the highest repute for eloquence having the charge of making the harangue to the pope committed to him and having so long meditated on it beforehand as so they said to have brought it ready made along with him from paris the very day it was to have been pronounced the pope fearing something might be said that might give offence to the other princes' ambassadors who were there attending on him sent to acquaint the king with the argument that he conceived most suiting to the time and place but by chance quite another thing, too, that Monsieur de Poiette had taken so much pains about, so that the fine speech he had prepared was of no use, and he was upon the instant to contrive another, which, finding himself unable to do, Cardinal du Bellay was constrained to perform that office. The pleader's part is, doubtless, much harder than that of the preacher and yet in my opinion we see more passable lawyers than preachers at all events in france it should seem that the nature of wit is to have its operation prompt and sudden and that of judgment to have it more deliberate and more slow but he who remains totally silent for want of leisure to prepare himself to speak well and he also whom leisure does noways benefit to better speaking are equally unhappy tis said of severus cassius that he spoke best extemporer that he stood more obliged to fortune than to his own diligence that it was an advantage to him to be interrupted in speaking and that his adversaries were afraid to nettle him lest his anger should redouble his eloquence i know experimentally the disposition of nature so impatient of tedious and elaborate premeditation that if it do not go frankly and gaily to work it can perform nothing to purpose we say of some compositions that they stink of oil and of the lamp by reason of a certain rough harshness that laborious handling imprints upon those where it has been employed but besides this the solicitude of doing well, and a certain striving and contending of a mind too far strained and overbent upon its undertaking, breaks and hinders itself like water, that by force of its own pressing violence and abundance cannot find a ready issue through the neck of a bottle or a narrow sluice. In this condition of nature, of which I am now speaking, There is this also, that it would not be disordered and stimulated with such passions as the fury of Cassius, for such emotion would be too violent and rude. It would not be jostled, but solicited. It would be roused and heated by unexpected, sudden, and accidental occasions. If it be left to itself, it flags and languishes, agitation only gives it grace and vigor i am always worst in my own possession and when wholly at my own disposition accidents has more title to anything that comes from me than i occasion company and even the very rising and falling of my own voice extract more from my fancy than i can find when i sound and employ it myself by which means The things I say are better than those I write, if either were to be preferred, where neither is worth anything. This also befalls me, that I do not find myself where I seek myself, and I light upon things more by chance than by any inquisition of my own judgment. I perhaps sometimes hit upon something when I write. That seems quaint and sprightly to me though it will appear dull and heavy to another. But let us leave these fine compliments. Every one talks thus of himself according to his talent. But when I come to speak, I am already so lost that I know not what I was about to say, and in such cases a stranger often finds it out before me. If I should make erasure so often as this inconvenience befalls me, I should make clean work. Occasion will, at some other time, lay it as visible to me as the light and make me wonder what I should stick at. End of section 10. Recording by John Thomas Coos, John Thomas dot www.validateyourlife.com.